welcome to Tremendous Tales with Liz Pichon. That's me, the podcast that's filled with stories, snacks, books and strange noises, not necessarily in that order. I'm going to be reading out some of your letters. So if you have a tremendous tale that you want to tell us, you can get in touch via my website at lizpichon.com. But today, my brilliant guest is Stephen Butler. Let me tell you a bit about Stephen. Stephen is an award-winning author of the Nothing to See Here Hotel series, winner of the Sainsbury's Fiction Prize, shortlisted for the Laugh Out Loud Lollies Award and the Alligator's Mouth Award, and featured on WH Smith's Tom Fletcher's Book Club. The Wrong Pong series was shortlisted for the Roldale Funny Prize, and incidentally, it's also when I very first met Stephen. He's also collaborated with American author James Patterson on the Dog Diaries series. Stephen is a successful actor and voice artist, working in theatre, film, audio and video games. His primary school headmaster was the fantastically funny author Jeremy Strong. I'm sure he'll tell us about him. Over the past few years, Stephen has hosted the World Book Day Tours and I've been lucky enough to see Stephen in action at these events, enthralling children and making them laugh and bringing his books to life. Stephen lives in London, but right now he's here. Well, he's still in London, but he's on video and he's been listening to my introduction. (laughs) Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Hello. It's so nice to see you and talk to you because obviously people can't see me right now. But yes, it's lovely to talk to you. You've got. I love your background. You've got some very interesting artwork on your background at the moment. We will. I mean, obviously, this is a podcast, so (laughs) just telling everyone that you look fabulous. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I collect um, original children's children's illustrations so i've got what have i got that you can see that's a robin jarvis and i've got um there's a um erica meza up there and here i've got I've, yeah i've got lots i've got a chris mold up there that's so <laughs> funny because i think we had a discussion about collecting children's illustrations because i started to do that as well um you know we've got so we know so many people that are amazing artists so it's really nice just to be able to um collect their artwork as well and see them when they're Absolutely. in the books and actually have a real piece of artwork. And I'm, I'm so impressed by illustrators. I can't draw at all. Oh, you know, you say that. Um, I have lots of children that will quite often say to me, oh, I can't draw. But, you know, everyone can doodle. I bet you can. Well, not, not brilliantly. But yes, I've, um, I'm certainly not as good as you. <laughs> Let's put it that way. so I know I know that you can draw because on the World Book Day tour we actually did a bit of drawing together and I thought in the very short space of time you did an excellent job (laughs) I'd forgotten about that yeah of course I did yes but I had I had a very good teacher (laughs) so Stephen what we're going to talk about today um I I write in the books that Tom is very keen on having snacks. And actually, the, the more podcasts I've done so far, the more I've realised that this is a really good thing to do because we get to eat really nice snacks and talk about food. So I've asked you to come up with um, your snack of choice. And I'd like you to tell us a little bit about why you chose your snack. Snack chat. My snack of choice is... Um, I love guacamole and tortilla chips. I don't really have a sweet tooth, so it's it's not very me. I I, I never go to the shop and buy oh. a bar of chocolate. But yes, I've got my I've got my guacamole and my chips here, and um, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm I've got quite a savoury salt tooth, so yeah, a bit of um a bit of salty tortilla chips and some guacamole with. I'll show you on the screen. You can't see this thing, but I've also got chili sauce all over it. I like oh I spilled it. I am. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I like chili sauce as well. 
Yeah, guacamole and chilli sauce. Would you have eaten that when you were a kid? Because this is exactly the sort of thing that I would have been very suspicious of. Weirdly, my mum and dad always had stuff on the table. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I learned things like this. My mum and dad always had bowls of olives on the table when I was a kid. So things like olives and guacamole, I learned to love really young. But um, I have to admit... Um, the guacamole is nice, but it's the it's the it's the chips that go with it that are all they're the best thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, would you make your own guacamole then, out of avocados and was it lime juice? Yeah, give it a go. What else goes into it? Just like squashed up ever. I'm a massive food snob, so I never buy my I never buy shop bought guacamole. So I'm always in the kitchen, smashing up an avocado <laughs> as you do. <laughs> no, it's really nice. We've. We've had lots of um, sweet snacks. Um, mm. And I suppose if I was thinking about a non-sweet smack snack that I would have loved, toast would have been up there, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To- everyone loves toast. I've got a little bit of information here about tortillas. So apparently, when I say information, <laughs> um, like I've said, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the, the triangle-shaped tortilla chips were popularised by somebody called Rebecca Webb Carranza in the 1940s. And she started making them out of misshapen tortillas that were rejected from an automated tortilla manufacturing machine. So she just took the bits that were left over and then she deep fried them and put salt on them and then sold them afterwards for a dime a bag in the tortilla factory. So apparently that's how they started off, being in the triangle shape. Amazing. So, you know, a little bit of fact there for you. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, would you have this when you were writing then? Absolutely. I'm a real grazer. So I've always got just things out. So, yeah, things like um, tortillas and guacamole, olives, nuts. I just I don't have a sweet tooth at all. So I never I'm, I would never grab a chocolate bar. I'm a kind of a crisps and dip kind of guy thanks for sharing your um, snack of choice i think that's a very very sophisticated and it's very nice to have a savory snack as well for a change i'm going to be chewing that and nibbling that throughout the podcast as we both are probably (laughs) absolutely tremendous tales right Stephen. let's talk about your tremendous tale then so i'm asking every all the guests to come on and and tell us something tell us a story of some kind so i know that you have got lots of tremendous tales. So I'm really looking forward to this. So what, what's your tremendous tale then? I thought I would share the story. It's, it's, a, it's a story I share a lot when I'm on the road doing my, doing my events, as you do. But um, I thought I would tell you the story about the time I ruined my big sister's birthday party when I was about, I must have been about six years old, I think. And it was my sister's birthday party. And I was such a nerdy kid. I was such a geek. And um, my sister was one of the cool kids in my primary school. And we got home from school that day. And my mum and dad decorated the house. And there was cake and food and loud music and balloons everywhere. And I I had a total meltdown of excitement. And... My sister's friends all arrived, and so all the cool kids <laughs> were all the cool kids were in my house, and I decided I wanted to I wanted to steal the I wanted to get all the attention in the room, and for absolutely no reason I have no idea why I did it. In the middle of my sister's birthday party, I pulled down my trousers and I pulled down my pants 
And I stood there Stephen. in the middle of the party. I know, I know. I was about six years old and I stood there in the middle of the party and weed on the carpet. Ew, and I, yes, I started, I just stood there in the middle of the room and just weed all over the floor for attention. And I was so, mm-hmm. I was in so much trouble. And yes, my sister, um, vowed she swore she would get revenge on me and it started a lifetime or or at least an entire childhood of playing tricks on each other because she was so angry that I terrified all of her friends by pulling down my pants and weeing on the carpet at her birthday party. (laughs) So that is my short... (laughs) Does she she remember? I'd love to hear your sister's version of the story. Oh, yeah, she remembers it. Um, It's, uh, it it was, it was, I I, I was never allowed to live it, live it down, really. It was one of the worst things I did. But amongst all that, you know, I was such a stupid kid. I was always getting into trouble. I was the one who smashed all the windows. I was the one who always ended up in hospital getting stitches because I'd run into something else. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, it's it's one of a massive list of idiotic things I did as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been able to capitalise on any of these stories and included them in your books? I'm hoping that's a yes. I definitely I've never included that one because it's a, it's a little bit risque to put in a book someone weeing on the carpet. <laughs> but um yeah, loads, particularly a, lo- a long time ago, I no longer do them, but a long time ago I used to write um for the Beano, I used to do the Dennis the Menace books and I included a lot of the oh. crazy things I did when I was a kid in those. Yeah. That's like almost like a dream job, isn't it? Thinking of ideas <laughs> for the Beano for a comic. Could you imagine when you were a child that you would ever end up having a job like that or being able to write for the Beano? No. And, um, you know, it, it, was, it was lovely as well because when I was a little boy, I, I'm really passionate about kind of telling this story. I was, I was a terrible reader. I hated books. I was really, really bad at it. Um, and actually it was comic books that kind of got me into reading. My mum and my mum and dad used to buy me the Beano annual every year at Christmas and um and it's there's something brilliant about comic books because they're non-threatening they don't you know they they feel like fun as opposed to the scariness of reading um so no it was it was wonderful when i yeah finally got a job working for the Beano. it was very short i only did it for two years but um yeah it was good two years sounds like quite a long time to me (laughs) yeah we we don't have what we consider to be real jobs now do we no that's so true i mean we get to we get to talk to and we meet quite a few people who write books and illustrate. And I'm always struck by how many of us all absolutely loved comics when we were younger and not yeah. only reading them, but I used to copy from comics. And I've got photographs of me when I was really little, about, you know, four or something. And I used to get a big comic called Topper, which was massive. Oh, yeah, I remember. trace things and, you know, you'd learn how to draw from that. Do you remember Topper? Yeah, I showed it to some children <laughs> on an event. And the thing they were most <clears> shocked <throat> about is on the, the comic, it said how much it was, which was 3p. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your age, Liz. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> it's absolutely true, though. Like Comics, I think, are, have really influenced lots of people. And, you know, it's it's all about storytelling, isn't it? It's just... That's the most important thing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's that's our job in a nutshell. It's kind of you know, we we tell lies for a living. We just make up stories and spread them around the world. I like that. We tell lies for a living. 
<laughs> tremendous fail. So, Stephen, do you want to tell us what your tremendous fail is? My tremendous fail is that I am incapable of keeping my laptops. Um, in my life, well, firstly, in just the last year and a half, I am speaking to you right now on my fourth <laughs> laptop in a year and a half because, um, yep, Look awful. at Mark's face, look. <laughs> We're all like, I know. <gasps> um, three different laptops I spilled coffee on. One, I was on a train and a child ran past mm-hmm. me when I was working. and I went and spilt coffee all over my laptop. Um, the second one, oh, I picked no. up my mug. Yeah, I picked up my mug and the entire mug broke off the handle. So I just had the handle and I had coffee all over it. <laughs> and then the next one happened in foils. In I often work in foils on Charing Cross Road in London. There's a lovely cafe and a woman knocked my table and my coffee went on my laptop. And a bookshop. And then, yep, in a bookshop. And then, um, and then the last one, I closed my laptop. I hadn't realised there was a little piece of grit on, and it smashed my screen, <laughs> which is great. And no. I also years, yep, yeah, awful. And I also years ago left another laptop on a train. So I, I have lost and broken five laptops in my life. I still remember <gasps> being yes. in Edinburgh, and I that was so funny. I still I ran into <laughs> you outside Edinburgh Festival, and you were your face was like ghostly pale. And I remember saying to you, are you all right? <laughs> and you'd left your laptop with your new book on it in the back of a taxi. <laughs> Technically speaking, I think we'd been, uh, what had happened is we, we'd been out, we'd done an event and uh, my daughter was, was with me at the time um, and she didn't want to hang out really you know that late or anything so she she went back to the hotel and she we put she was in the taxi so she took my stuff and everything and she wasn't she wasn't really little I'm not sending her back she was um (laughs) she's a teenager and um so we sent her back in the cab and she just hopped out of the taxi and forgot that my bag and the laptop and stuff was in the boot um and then the taxi driver was on nights and so he couldn't be woken up so I was kind of like I had to go we'll go back to come back to Brighton knowing that my um laptop was it was there it was there somewhere so it was really, that's the stuff know, of it's nightmares. a horrible thing though isn't it when you've got a book on your laptop and you're thinking oh yeah, yeah. she was very sorry it was easily done <laughs> so what are we going to do how are we going to stop you from ruining your laptops Stephen what are you going to do I think I just need to write on paper from now on just maybe <laughs> chisel chisel my books into a block of stone, or almost, or um, no, no, like the the string that goes the string that goes down your your coat sleeves with your gloves dangling on it, having it permanently attached, so I can't leave it on trains and things as well. Do you know? I really do understand that that feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach when you know that something like you know you've done something to your you've lost something, you've ruined it. It's like, oh no, I've done that. Well, I got off a plane once and left my laptop in the front pocket. Um, and you have that thinking, oh, yeah. oh no, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> but in the spirit of tremendous fail, um, I'm hoping that you did still manage to get your book back and it wasn't completely ruined. No, it was all, it was all fine. Thank, thank, uh, yeah, thank heavens for saving things up into the cloud. <laughs> So this is the part now where 
I bet you can hardly contain your excitement for this. This is podcast um, gold. So we have a section here called What's That Sound? Let's have another listen. That's tricky. Um, That could be anything from kind of a, that could be anything from like a kettle boiling to a whale. (laughs) Well, we were trying to find something that would be a spooky kind of noise. Nice. Let's have another listen. Go on, let's have another <laughs> I think it's a ghost kettle. <laughs> and that's my final answer. <laughs> it, it should be a ghost kettle. Oh, in fact, when we were looking for, for noises, we were trying to find something spooky to go with the nothing to see here hotel books that you do. But in fact, that noise is actually what is it, Mark? <laughs> it? I think it's a donkey. It's a donkey. a donkey. Can you play it one more time? Wow. Is it a donkey falling off a cliff? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I have another listen. Yeah, that kind of gave it away, didn't it? <laughs> So now we've guessed the sound. I quite often get um, sent letters, which I'm sure you do as well. You get sent letters Mm. by children who are doing all kinds of creative things. And, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I could never be bothered to write to anybody. So I'm always amazed when children actually take the time and trouble to write letters. So I've got a letter here who is from Susanna Brown. And she's asked a couple of questions, so I thought I'd throw them over to you as well. So she's written some nice things about the books as well. One of my favourite books so uh, was Excellent Excuses. And she said, what is my favourite Tom Gates book? And I always say it's always the one I'm just writing on. Um, who was your favourite author when you were growing up? And who inspired you to be an author? Uh, so I was just wondering if I could throw those questions over to you as well, Stephen. It is one of the questions that we probably get asked the most, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I, as you mentioned earlier, I was super, super lucky that when I was a little boy, my headmaster at primary school was Jeremy Strong, the amazing children's author. Um, so he was definitely my favourite when I was a kid because it just felt so amazing to know the author. Um, and he was very much, he was incredibly inspiring. You know, um, he was very much um the person that made me first interested in writing and telling stories. When I was a kid, his famous, his big successful book was The Karate Princess. But um, late since oh. then, he's done, yes, but, um, you know, his big famous books are My Brother's Famous Bottom and The Hundred Mile an Hour Dog. Um, he's done, I mean, he's done so many books. Yes. Um, incredible, like an, an incredible amount. But um, yeah, he's super, super funny and very, very naughty. Even as a, even when he was our headmaster, he was constantly always playing tricks <laughs> on us. It was good. It was like it was like having Willy Wonka as a headmaster. Oh, how amazing! I can just imagine mm. having a what, what it must have been like having somebody who was that funny. Was he very funny as well? Oh, amazingly funny! Yeah, he was. He was just he he, he was more like one of the kids than he was one of our teachers. You know, the head teacher. So I wonder why he didn't just do writing then where whether he was a headmaster first and then carried on writing stories or yeah i mean he eventually became a sole writer 
but when when I was a kid, he was our headmaster, and he was he was already writing and published. So I think slowly that took over because, um, right. yeah, in the time that I was at primary school, he left and stopped being a teacher and became a sole writer. So he's definitely so he would be one of your favourite authors and somebody who inspired you for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I have lots and lots of authors who inspire me, but he was he was an early one. My headmaster when I was in secondary school, particularly, mm-hmm. um, I've suddenly realised actually he he was called Mr. Keen, and Mr. Keen is somebody who who I've put in the books. But he was absolutely terrifying. Oh. Though <laughs> I just remember him being really <laughs> frightening. Children sitting outside his office, quivering with terror, with terror, being called <laughs> called to see Mr. Keen. It was like, oh, <laughs> completely different from yours. Um, fantastic. So thank you so much, Susanna, for sending that letter in. I would like to ask you um, to recommend, Stephen, a tremendous book that you'd like to tell our listener, I'm saying at the moment, all about. I am going to recommend um, Stephen Lenton's new book because Stephen Lenton um, does the fabulous illustrations for the Nothing to See Here Hotel, and I see him all the time. And so I feel like I've mm-hmm. kind of grown with this book. So his new book is called Genie and Teenie, and it's the adventure of a genie whose master, rather than being a human, is a little dog. And so it's the relationship between a dog and a genie. Um, and, yeah, and I just think it's it's super funny and it's something that I, I was there when he first wrote down the first idea. So I've watched it grow into a book and it's newly out and it's really funny. And it's, um, yeah, full of chuckles, which I love. I love, a, I love a good I love a good giggle in a book. And so, yes, my recommended read is <laughs> Genie and Teenie. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it out. It looks absolutely fantastic. It looks really, really lovely. And I'm sure it's going to be an, a huge hit as well it's really yeah it's, it's really funny it's very funny no i bet when we when we can get back out and start doing events and stuff your your event the events are going to be really just as hilarious as well i bet we did our first um first live in-person event on monday for the brighton festival and it was really weird yeah. it was really strange oh. being yeah back in a room full of people it was it was lovely but very strange after 18 months off. Yeah, I mean, especially like you said, we, when we did the <clears throat> World Book Day tour, we did events where there was like 2,000 kids at one place. I think it was in Glasgow. And you yeah. went out with your top hat and, and all, the, all the children were singing Frozen songs before we went on, I seem to remember. <laughs> that was also when we discovered, because you have a lovely normal-sized head, and I have an enormous head the size of a melon and my top hat. You could put your entire head. You could put your entire head inside my top hat. <laughs> no, I actually have a size. I have a pin head, definitely. I used to get teased about that when I was at school as well and by my family. So normal size hats, like it literally just sort of just disappeared. But you, if all I'm saying to the listeners, if you ever get the chance to see Stephen... Uh, Stephen Butler and Stephen Lenton. Anyway, if you get the chance to see them doing their events, you you must go along because they're absolutely brilliant and they're so good at bringing their stories and books to life. It's always it's always a hoot, oh, you're very isn't kind. it? <laughs> absolutely, we love we love a giggle. Shameless plug. So on this post- podcast, we like to give all the guests the opportunity to tell us everything that's going on. Um, they can tell us about their books. 
what they're what they're reading, just absolutely anything that they want to plug. So this is your opportunity, Stephen, to tell us your shameless plug. My shameless plug. Um, I, do you know what? Since lockdown began, mm-hmm. I've been really busy. So I've got a lot of different things happening at the moment. But um, yes, my absolute proper shameless plug will be at the Nothing to See Here, uh, Here Hotel series, just because um, book four is newly out. And it's just something I'm massively proud of. And I love it. Um, it's a world I really enjoy spending time in when I'm writing the books. So, yes, there are now four books. There'll be hopefully be a fifth. We shall see. Um, I'm also writing a ghost story at the Fingers moment, crossed. which is out next summer. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is out next, sorry, not next summer, next uh, March, my ghost story's out. Is that going to be illustrated? Is that an illustrator? It is. We don't know the illustrator yet. We haven't got the illustrator, but it will be illustrated. Um, okay. But yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big book. It's the biggest book I've ever written. It's a, it's a big fatty. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big Thick book. It was uh, last time we counted. I think it's fifty-five thousand words. So, what age group is it for then, Stephen? Um, it's um, slightly upper end of middle grade. So, um, yeah, probably eight to eleven, I would imagine. Wow, fifty-five thousand words. That's a lot of words, isn't it? And that's even before you've got illustrations in. So, <laughs> it's a big one. Did you enjoy doing that? Have you enjoyed doing a slightly longer? Slightly, massively yeah, I, longer book. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I love it because I can just ramble on. I really enjoy writing longer books. I quite like that chance to kind of, you know, a, a lot of my books are very fast paced and shorter. And so it was actually lovely to write a bit of a slower rambly book. Yeah, and it's, it's actually, it's, it's quite scary. Um, so we're, we're editing at the moment. I'm having mm. to tone down the spookiness a little bit but yeah Stephen you've been absolutely brilliant um I'm sure your books are going to be fantastically successful I know that they're nothing to see here hotels that children absolutely adore them um as they do all your books as well as the and Stephen's going to be delighted you've given him a plug for the tremendous book section so we'll make sure that everyone knows about that as well yeah (laughs) so everyone that comes on the podcast in a in inspired by uh, Blue Peter tradition. Uh, I'll be sending you your very own Tom Gates creative red badge. Ah, amazing! Good stuff. <laughs> and we'll see if we can at least get some tortilla chips in the post. Food. Probably the guacamole won't. Probably won't last. I could send you an avocado. You don't want to have the shop bought <laughs> stuff, so we might send you an avocado as well. Brilliant. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking part. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure, and it's so nice to see you. We've loved talking to you and hopefully we'll get to see each other soon. (laughs) I know, I know. I know, exactly. Thanks for listening to the episode. Um, If you want to tell us your own tremendous tale or fail, then you just go to my website and we'll have some information on there, which is lizpichon.com and you can get in touch. So once again, thank you so much. And look, I'm waving. Bye. Bye, Stephen. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. If you 
you've enjoyed this podcast, please do like and subscribe. And I've been told that it really helps other people to find it. And I would love as many children as possible to hear from these amazing creative people that I've talked to and to get inspired to pick up a pen, a pencil, get creative, make up their own stories, just like we've done. So thanks very much for listening. Bye.